Ozil clips it in. Well back! Podcast. Uh, my name is Blake. Switching it up just a little bit this week. I do not have Evan at the table. I do not have Dan at the table. But what I do have is the all-knowing Brady Roundtree over the telephone. Brady, how Hello. we doing? Uh, good. Trying to uh, break up this hurricane headed headed Florida's way. See where that goes and uh, get a little Premier League talk in before before we figure that out. You brave, brave American. No, for the record, I'm ready to leave, like, ASAP, if I need to. <laughs> yeah, just uh, don't get killed, is all I ask. We, uh, we have um, one of our other good friends, uh, friend of the podcast, Brandon, who just survived the uh, hurricane in Houston. So it's weird having two of my friends going through something that me being in Indiana, I've never had to ever deal with, ever. So I'm sure, I'm sure it sucks. <laughs> Is yeah, it? It's just a waiting game. That's what sucks. Yeah. Um, so we're doing a special, um, a little bit of a, it's, it's still the normal podcast, but going over a couple special things um, that have gone down uh, over the last week. As everyone knows, the transfer deadline day did go down um, on August 31st. And um, I'd say it was a, probably a pretty eventful day. Uh, not, not a lot of huge moves, but a lot of moves nonetheless. So if let's just uh, get right into it, Brady, if you kind of want to go through some of those deadline day deals that went through, um, and then we'll kind of dive into to what we think about them. Yeah, so we'll, we'll actually maybe start a few days ahead, uh, some transfers that we didn't get to talk to talk about on the last podcast. So on the 29th, uh, Kevin Wimmer, central defender from Tottenham, joined Stoke on an 18 million pound deal. Um, and then on the 30th of August, uh, Juan Foyth joined Tottenham from Estudiantes, uh, the fee was undisclosed, but reportedly is around £8 million. Pounds. Uh, Blake will know about this one as Kieran Gibbs uh, left Arsenal for West Brom on a £7 million pound yeah. deal. Good deal, and I think. Then, yeah, and then uh, a few years back, this might have been viewed as a, a big deal. Uh, I think he hasn't quite fit in at PSG, but Gregor Krachowiak uh, joined West Brom from PSG on a loan deal. That was the big one. That was the one that when I read it on my phone, I was like, what? Yeah, just uh, two years ago, he was kind of the player at Sevilla that kind of held oh, yeah. down that midfield. Yep. Uh, so then on to the actual transfer deadline day. Uh, another one that, that both of us will be familiar with. This kind of was rumored the day before. Uh, but Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, joins Liverpool from Arsenal on a £35 million pound deal. Get him out. Uh, <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> shortly after... <laughs> That Serge Aurier, another PSG player, uh, a defensive, uh, a right back, I believe, joins Tottenham from PSG for 23 million pounds. That one kind of had been rumored for a while. Uh, they finally got that sorted. Another pretty big loan deal that was one of the most talked about of the day was Renato Sanchez, the young Portuguese midfielder uh, that just signed for Bayern Munich last year. Yeah. Uh, goes on a loan deal to Swansea to be reunited with former. Uh, Bayern assistant Paul Clement. 
Yeah, I, t- I take back my uh, Krakowiak comment. That was the one that I was shocked by. <laughs> yeah, as a, a big name, he's only 20 years old and was kind of the shining star in the 2016 Euros for Portugal, uh, obviously aside from Ronaldo. Uh, and then following that up, we had Naki Wells uh, from Huddersfield joined Burnley for £5 million. Pounds. Uh, and then we'll get into Nikola Vlasic. From Hajduk Split. I don't even know. What, is that Dutch League? Uh, I have no idea, but it sounded like you pronounced it right, so I give you at least props for the pronunciation there. Okay. I have to Google this. I want to know. <laughs> uh, they, are, they are Croatian League. Uh, so he... So he has a lot of promise. Hard league yeah. to play in, hoping Croatia. <laughs> so he joins Everton on a £10 million pound deal. Uh, Alexander Dragovic, another former uh, promising defender uh, from Bayer Leverkusen, joins Leicester on loan, so trying to get a little younger in that uh, defensive partnership. Tim Krul, goalkeeper from Newcastle, joins Brighton on loan. Um, That's a big big signing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Remember his, what was, was that a World Cup that he came in? They subbed the keeper off and he, was that World Cup? Yeah, World Cup uh, for the Netherlands. That's when he was with Newcastle. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, and then Fernando Llorente, one that had been talked about for what feels like weeks. He was linked with several clubs. He finally joins Tottenham uh, for a reported 15 million pounds, although that uh, is not 100% that that's what it was. Um, and then a couple of them that, well, one that was kind of last second, David Zapacosta from Torino joins Chelsea uh, for an undisclosed fee. And he is another, I believe, like left wing back, kind of like Marco Alonso. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. So a little unsure about that one as Marco Alonso has kind of redefined that left wing back position. Well, I think Zapacosta is right, on the right, though. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, I think he's on the right. That's my fault. So they'll be competing with Victor Moses, who again had a has had a resurgence at Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, but depth needed for Chelsea as they battle in Champions League. And then one that was pretty much rumored or kind of felt like it was announced at the beginning of the day, but wasn't finalized until right before the deadline was Wilfred Bonney returning to Swansea from Manchester City yes. for for a reported twelve million pounds. So uh, I mean that's with Urente going out, it kind of seems like they waited to finalize that until Urente was gone. Yeah. They didn't want both, so they did not They did finalize that, and uh, that's a big return for Swansea, and I know the way they announced it was probably your favorite of the day. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I don't, I don't have any ties to him at all, but I watched that, and I was just smiling the whole time and pumped. Like, I, I like when players sing their own songs, and I thought, like, it, if, for, to be a Swansea fan... And to have uh, a guy that was so big for you years ago come back um, in that manner, where it was just kind of a black screen, and you hear this dude start singing his own song, like I loved it. Yeah, it was definitely gave you goosebumps when you listened to it, and also one of the weird situations where someone leaves your club to go on to bigger and better things, and then comes back, and you're like welcoming him with open arms. Yeah. Um, so he yeah. he left on good terms, I think, and. Uh, Swans is the type of club where you can come back and the fans are still going to love you. So big signing for Swansea. Uh, and then a few of them that, you know, uh, if you watched the NBC Sports Network deadline day special, uh, Rebecca Lowe did a good job of explaining the rules a few times of 
you don't necessarily have to have the deal finalized at 11 p.m. Uh, in England. You just have to have a, a an offer sheet or a sheet filled out. Yeah. Um, with terms to be finalized within the next 48 hours, I believe it was. So, um, at 1:30 a.m. Um, that would be in England, I believe. That's what times these are. Uh, Danny Drinkwater. That is confirmed that he joined Chelsea from Leicester for 35 million pounds. And then Mamadou Sako finally getting the move out of Liverpool to Crystal Palace, where he was loaned last year uh, for 26 million pounds. And then I believe that is it. There's a few other loans um, and moves out of the Premier League that happened after, you know, as late as today, actually. Um, well, yeah, I know, like, I know, for instance, La Liga has an extra day or two. Um, yeah. So I know, not, I know not all the leagues are on the same schedule. Yeah, which gets a little confusing. Yeah. So Brighton had someone join on loan today um, and things like that. So, But those are the, that's the majority of the big ones. There were a few others. Um, Lloyd Remy left Chelsea on a free. Uh, Jefferson Montero. We, we basically just ran through the ends. There were a few yeah. outs as well. Um, we won't get into those right now. But so that's kind of the... Roundup of the yeah, so, so not a not a bad day. I think we were we were all kind of waiting for some of those big names and didn't get those, but eventful to say to say the least. Though a lot of moves and a, a lot of teams getting better, I think. Yeah, a lot of moves, and also, I mean, it was some of the rumors that were running around for the last forty-eight hours of the window were still, even though some of them didn't end up happening, it was still a, a fun forty-eight hours to try and figure out what was going to happen. Yeah, it's um, – I, I mean, I hate the transfer deadline day uh, just as an Arsenal fan, as I think most Arsenal fans probably do. But I think for, for the Premier League, I mean, what was it, $1.5 billion? Is that what was spent? Yeah, it was a record. Yeah, and, and I think it said the next highest – like, man, it wasn't even close. Like, it was maybe the Bundesliga um, or Liga, I think. Like, La Liga wasn't even close. So it's just, it's just crazy the amount of money that's being pumped into the league now, and, and I think we're seeing a lot of that um, skewing the, the market, and obviously the Neymar deal, deal uh, skewed it a lot as well, but just crazy the amount of money now, because, I mean, obviously we haven't been watching it for, you know, the longest time, probably about five, six years now, and I remember at the beginning when, like, 35, 40 million, 50 million, you were like, ugh, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And Suarez going for 40. Yep, so the frame uh, was at $1.55 billion. Syria coming in with $997 million. Ligue 1 at 827 La Liga at 610 And Bundesliga at 612 And that is, those are the numbers not including Man. add-ons. If you include add-ons, the Premier League could rise to $1.7 that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. What is interesting is, while the Premier League is obviously quite a ways ahead of everyone else, their distribution, so in total there were $5.1 billion spent in the uh, big five leagues. So those leagues we just mentioned, 5.1 yeah. without add-ons, or I'm sorry, 5.1 in the summer transfer window. If you include the January 2017 window, of 800 million, that makes it 5.9. For the Premier League's share of transfer fees for this season, 20 or for this year, 2017, 
is actually down 7%. So while, <laughs> which is interesting. So, you know, yeah. it's this narrative that is in the media that most of the money spent is coming from the Premier League. They actually have went, dropped this year in percentage, um, largely just due to the Neymar transfer. Um, so Syria, Syria and La Liga pretty much stayed flat. Um, the Bundesliga dropped 4%, but League 1 dropped from 7% of the share last year to 19% this year. So obviously... Wow. Neymar had an effect on that, but yeah. another interesting way to look at it that um, there's a lot of a lot of stats out there to look that are interesting on who you know gained money. I mean Monaco, for instance. I know we don't talk about the French league, but they, based on what they spent and how much they earned, they made a oh, profit yeah. of 289 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, dude, like great business from them, obviously, but that, I mean. And they, they made good signings this year with younger players that they're probably going to flip and sell in, in a year or two again. Yeah, so as we, I guess as we're kind of getting into some like numbers of the transfer window, if you wouldn't mind maybe going through a, an explanation for some of those that are fans of the American yeah. Sports Leagues. Kind so, of just go through an explanation of how the transfer windows work. Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess if, if, obviously, if you don't know what the transfer window is, I think the best way... Um, to kind of explain it is to compare it to um, the NBA or NFL or something that – because I feel like, I mean, a few years back that would have been the, the easiest way for me as a sports fan to understand it. It would essentially – imagine the NBA um, and, you know, you've got the L.A. Lakers and they're a storied franchise that have won a lot of titles. Um, if this was in, like, the the football or soccer narrative, they would have a ton of money because you get – a lot of money for winning trophies in uh, European football. So let's just say, for instance, we have the next LeBron James coming out. Um, he's in high school. For one, there's no kind of draft in uh, European football. So these these kids are signed to these clubs for a fee at such a young age that they just kind of come up and they're kind of raised through the club, um, and then they start playing. But let's, for the sake of the argument, we can talk about my love at Indiana Pacers for a second. Let's just take Paul George, uh, for example. Um, so Paul George comes into the league. Um, he's on the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, after a year or two of really shining, um, everyone kind of starts to realize, okay, this guy's the real deal. In in the NBA, the only way to get Paul George off, you know, the Pacers would be through free agency or through a trade. Uh, there obviously is no free agency really in soccer. Um, so the Lakers, who have you know accrued all this money from winning titles, could go to the Pacers and be like, listen, I'll pay you this amount of money um, as long as I can agree to a contract and that with Paul George and Paul George wants to come to the Lakers, he becomes my player. So they could go in with, I mean, we kind of talked about how the the transfer fees are kind of skewed now, but um, if if you're really new to it, before now, like a really good player was probably going for 50, 60 million. So he, the Lakers could go to the Pacers and say, you know, hey, we'll give you $60 million, give us Paul George. And then as long as they agree on the fee, they, you know, Paul George starts with the Lakers. So that's kind of, I think, the best way to kind of compare it to an American sport uh, in the aspect of, like I said, there is no draft. Um, you know, I think Messi is who he signed with Barcelona at the age of like 10 or 11. Um, so he just kind of came up through the ranks at, at Barcelona. So it's totally different, and there's only – um, three months of the year where this transfer window is open to where 
um, teams can actually make these um, these deals to get new players. Two of the months are July and August before the season starts or before the season starts and just into the start of the season. And the other one um, is in January, so kind of in the middle of all the seasons, kind of like a, a trade deadline type uh, if you're still comparing it to the NBA. So uh, I think that I – I mean, if you want to add anything, I think that's the easiest way to explain it to someone who really doesn't follow – European football, but they, I mean, same thing with NFL. I mean, you, you don't, there's not really, I guess you could trade in, uh, in European football, but it's very, very, very rare. Yeah, it's, yeah, you, you, it's very rarely, I've never seen since I've been following a player for player trade, I've seen this player in cash for a player, you know, kind of just throw somebody in at the last second, but that's also yeah. very rare. I don't even know if we've seen one of those, um, really, but. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think you explained it well. It's com- it's a completely different. It's really uh, it's it, it's kind of like the the NBA, you know, has a salary cap to try to make everything even, um, yep. where kind of anyone can win it, and that's that's totally not the way European football is ran. It's that's really exactly. the yep. yeah yep. The, the top end people, the people who have money, the people who are winning things. Those are going to be, you know, the best teams every single year, and and. You know, every now and then you'll have the Leicester cities that kind of defy all odds and and win it. But I mean, yeah, and I think another good example. I was talking to someone recently, and one good example would be similar to like in Indiana. This is going to touch on press. Obviously, we're from Indiana, so anyone from Indiana that's listening will know exactly what we're talking about. Is back in the day there wasn't this thing called class basketball, so. Right now we have, what, Class A, we have 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and then in football I think we also have 5A, where you have four or five different state champions every year, whereas back in the day we didn't used to have class basketball or class sports in general, and you could get, like the movie Hoosiers is based on this small town team with a small population that really has no business winning a state title against, you know, a a school from a metropolitan area but it lends this opportunity where these massive upsets can happen. Um, that's a lot like what European soccer is. Yeah. Uh, where you can get exactly what Leicester, Leicester City, what they did is even more astonishing than what team um, Hickory High School did uh, in the movie Hoosiers. It's, complete, it's, it's even as crazy as that was, the story of the Hoosiers, Leicester winning the Premier League is even crazier. That's how, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Monacos who are, I'm sorry, PSG who's come in this year and spent 418 million euros. And then you've got teams like Huddersfield who's just come up to the Premier League for the first time this year, spent 55 million euros. Which is still, you know, a, a decent amount, but it, it just goes to show. And that's, and that's in an era where, so many of these teams are getting so much money for being in the Premier League and Huddersfield even being in the richest league in the world they can only spend 55 million cuz they're a smaller club whereas how you touched on PSG spending 400 so that just kind of plays into it more of how hard it is for these smaller teams to to make an impact and be able to compete and and why Le- what Leicester did was such a bigger such a big impact yeah and an even better example would be in Spain, it's pretty much three teams battling for the title every year because they don't have uh, they don't have these TV deals like the Premier League does. So they're their bottom teams to even win a match against the top half 
uh, team is a long shot. So yeah, yeah, it's a so completely makes, different business model. Yeah, so it makes the prim so great. That's why we love it. Yep. <laughs> so we uh, we talked about the deals that did happen. Um, now let's kind of touch base real quick with some of the deals that we, we kind of expected to happen, but they just never happened. So Mares, they had a lot of talk about he was you know, meeting with a secret club and no one knew where he was at, and it looked kind of imminent that he was going to go. Um, he stayed. Coutinho stayed after all his speculation of going to Barca. Um, Alexis stayed. Arsenal kind of had a, a late push to try to send him to City and bring in Lamar, um, but that all fell through, of course. Um, and then Van Dyke also staying as well. So um, a lot of the the real real big names kind of stayed put. But uh, I I, I want to know your thoughts on on some of those big ones that that didn't end up getting the moves that them as players really wanted. Yeah, I think some of the you know the articles and the analysts and especially on like NBC. So NBC is where the Premier League is owned. The rights are owned here in the U.S. So we're, we'll probably talk about how we saw something on NBC, so, but, um, and I just kind of want to talk high level on something that was kind of brought up on NBC is that for, for example, the Van Dyke and Coutinho situations, this was a big moment for clubs in England. So England for, since we've been watching and a little even before that, I think have kind of been unable to compete with teams from mainly Spain, but Spain and Italy, um, even France, PSG, have been unable to compete with those teams for several years now. Um, so the Premier League is kind of known as the best, most competitive league in the world, but maybe not the highest quality. And one of those reasons is the top players in the Premier League eventually leave to go play in Spain or uh, play for, you know, the likes of Juventus, things like that. So a lot of, once a player starts to hit his peak, they leave the Premier League. So I think this was a huge window for the Premier League as a whole, and especially the likes of Hampton and Liverpool, to make a statement to say, listen, we're not just going to sell this player because he wants to leave. Kind of honing in some of that power that the players have had where, you know, Coutinho or Van Dyke submit, uh, supposedly submit formal transfer requests, or Mares even. You know, we know Mares and Van Dyke for sure submitted by, like, formal public transfer requests, Coutinho's was kind of more on the down low, wasn't much publicized from his camp, it was kind of just um, talked about that it happened. Yeah. But it's a, it's a big moment for the clubs and the league to say, listen, we're going to hang on to our best players. That's important for us to, to move forward as a league, as, you know, as a country being able to compete on the international table. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good thing for the league. Uh, as a Liverpool fan, you know, I came out from the beginning, like, dead set against, like, I'm like, Coutinho's not leaving, like, 100%, I know he's not leaving. And then I turned into, oh, my gosh, I think he's leaving. Yeah. Like, he, he's he's had a back injury, which he did have a back injury at one point, but it, well, it wasn't reported to be very serious, but then it kept him out for a couple weeks. And then he was sick for the last game uh, before the international break. So it was kind of, you know, I was definitely getting a little nervous. Um, but then as the final few days came into the window, I, I was fairly confident, again, that he wasn't leaving. But I may have slightly wanted him to leave. Um, if Barcelona is going to offer us 160 million euros, yeah. and watching how we, I mean, 
obviously you can't take it from one game, but how we dismantled Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal played atrociously, 100%, but Liverpool played really well, too. Um, you know, this market is inflated because of the Neymar transfer. We're never going to get probably – we might be able to get half of what would have been offered this window. But And also, I don't know if I really want a player that doesn't want to play at Liverpool. Um, so – yeah, Ultimately, that... I think I think I'm happy that he stays, but I wouldn't have been unhappy had he left. Yeah, that was kind of my whole um, in regards to Coutinho. That was always my kind of position that we had touched on um, on previous podcasts. It was like you're not going to get this money for him. Um, really, do obviously having Coutinho is going to help, and he's a great player and world class player. But for a hundred, is he really worth? keeping there if you're going to get 160 because you could always just reinvest it and and everything but I, I agree with what um, you were talking about with it being good for the league it it, it just kind of makes a statement for the league kind of like how you were saying it doesn't uh, make them not even selling clubs but us as a or not us but the Premier League as a selling league it kind of put the power back with the with the clubs instead of with the players because I mean it's, you saw Payet uh, his whole thing unravel last year where he just literally forced his way out and it it had a lot of people talking that you know I read about or listened to videos how these players have so much power now where they can kind of do they can force a move if they want they don't have to play if they don't want to so I, I actually really enjoyed some of the the big names and just for the sake of the Premier League I, I mean I want to continue watching Coutinho and I want to watch Mares. so having them in the Premier League is gonna obviously make the um, quality of the Premier League better, so I was happy to see some of the big names um, stay. The Diego Costa thing, obviously, is still going on, so we'll see how that turns out. But I mean, I I, I remember going into uh, work on deadline day, looking at my phone, and I, I'm I'm certain that Arsenal's probably not doing anything. And then I get the the alert that they've just put a 92 million pound bid. For Thomas Lamar and I was like, oh, so I'm thinking, all right, we're losing Alexis, whatever. It sucks. I'm gonna get over it. At least we have Thomas Lamar. And then the most Arsenal thing could happen that an hour later it's broken down, not happening. And I, I dude, I literally just put my my hands in my head and just sat there like, only Arsenal would this kind of thing happen to. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think thinking over about it over the next. A few days after, it, it's a it's a shock. I think it's a sign of the what's happening at Arsenal and the disarray that the club is in. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but earlier in the window they were interested in Lamar, but just thought he was going to be worth too much and they weren't going to do it. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, the room like they're like it was like 60, 60 mil in Monaco. Uh, well, I, it, and they're like, all right, we're not going after. Well, I, there's been mixed reports on it. Um, I've I've heard that. I've also heard that Arsenal were willing to pay it, but they had lost so many players that Monaco simply just said they, that that he wasn't for sale anymore. So then, instead of going in for another bid, they, Arsenal just kind of gave up on him. Okay. So I mean, well, obviously, I, we're going to hear different. There's going to be three or four different stories, but there's yeah. no. I mean, I, I text you guys on the day of the, the transfer deadline day, and I said, waiting till the last minute, 
and procrastinating and being not doing our business is going to cost us $30 because a month and a half ago we could have got him for 60 Now we're going to have to pay 92 Yeah, so uh, getting back to my, my point, I guess, is that they are steadfast. You know, Winger's saying, I'm, we're not selling Alexis. I want to try and convince him to stay. Then it's, oh, they've agreed a deal, $55 million plus $5 million pounds. And now we're going to go in 92 on Lamar. And all reports indicate that they hadn't even talked to Lamar. He didn't even want to go to Arsenal. He wasn't. Yeah. Or maybe that, maybe that's a little strong, but. Well, the fee was agreed. Because it was. Yeah, the fee was agreed. It's that number one, he wasn't 100 percent sure he wanted to go to Arsenal, and number two, he was getting ready to kick off for France in like two hours, and didn't want to make the decision in two hours. So a couple of things. One, Arsenal didn't even know for sure that he wanted to come. Number two, they like you said, they waited till literally the last second to try and get this done. It's just a bad sign in my opinion for Arsenal. I think yeah, more, than the, more than the 4-0 loss to Liverpool, that how the transfer deadline day unfolded. I mean, at the end of the day, they have Alexis Sanchez. They didn't have any ins, no outs other than Chamberlain. Like, it looks like it's an average deadline day. But when you really look at everything that went down, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty damning, I think. No, I, I agree, and, I, and I'm the hopeless fan that's – hoping for more. Like, I, I read that Giroux, um, Lacazette, and Koscielny went into his uh, room, either at the hotel or at the in the locker room, and tried to convince him. And what I read, which, like I said, it, it, there's going to be all kinds of different stories, is that he was irritated that Arsenal didn't get the deal done earlier in the window, um, and that it wasn't necessarily that he didn't want to join Arsenal as joining Arsenal the club. It was more of like, okay, you guys messed around. You guys didn't do what you needed to do earlier, so I'm not going to make this decision and rush this decision now. Um, but like I said, that's just one one story, but I, I completely agree. It was, I that's mean... That's the case, though. Like, more power, that's, like, impressive, because he's only, he's not that old either. He's... No, 20, 21, maybe. Yeah, so, I mean, brilliant from him to be able to... Oh, yeah. ...have the maturity to be like, listen... It just, it man, it just doesn't make... We, so, Arsenal get a 10 million pound bid for Kieran Gibbs, decline it, from West Brom, and then sell him to West Brom for seven million. <laughs> like it, you can't make this stuff up. Like I literally, like it's always Arsenal that that this weird stuff that like a couple years ago we were the only club in Europe that didn't sign an outfield player. We only signed Petr Cech. Yeah, it's just it, it seems like it's always it's always Arsenal, and I hate it. Yeah, and I think even maybe just as bad as the last second bid for. Lamar is is holding on to Alexis. I mean, I've, we've talked about how it's been good for the Premier League to hold on to these players, Van Dyke, Coutinho, but to the difference being, Coutinho and Van Dyke still have years on their contract. Yeah, that's Coutinho the big difference. Just signed a brand new deal in December, a brand new five year deal. Yep. Alexis, so Alexis is the real rare situation where he's going to become a free agent in yeah. uh, at the end of this season and in January he can sign a pre-contract so basically just an agreement with a club that he's going to join them at the end of this year. Yep. So he's going to leave Arsenal for free. Yep. And Ozil. Yeah. And Ozil although I wouldn't be surprised if Ozil stays. Yeah I, I've always felt like he'll stay but 
Yeah. Um, but for Alexi, he's leaving. Like, I yeah. know Winger's thinking, oh, I want to convince him to stay. At this point, I think everyone's like 99% sure he's going to leave. He's the one where you, you say, okay, let's cash in on him. Like, even if you don't get Lamar, you're losing $60 million, Roughly, I mean, you could be losing $60 million leaving that on, or 60 million euros on the table by not selling him. Yeah, but one aspect of that that I, I do think, so I agree, I would have cashed in on him, but I think they are banking on Alexis to get them into the Champions League to earn them that money that they know they're not going to get if they sell him. See what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, if, yeah. if we sell him and we get Lamar, yeah, best case scenario, Lamar is just as good as he was last year, um, and we and we still make top four. But there's probably a good chance. I mean, like we mentioned, he's young. We might sell Alexis, get Thomas Lamar in, not make top four, and that cost us that money. So I think we're sacrificing his transfer fee for the money that we're hoping he will make us by getting us in the Champions League. You had him last year and didn't make Champions League, though. <laughs> I mean, it's a risk, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, true. You could true. be out electing and champion. Yeah, no, and that yeah, that's going to be awful. And Ozil and Wilshere. I mean, they're. I mean, dude, it's it's crazy the amount of players that we're letting run out. But it almost seems like Arsenal may be headed towards like a a rebuild state for a few years. Yeah, I, w- I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Like I said on the last podcast, man, I'm not. I've dedicated myself to. I'm not buying a jersey. I'm not spending money until. Like it's not ran as a as a as a football club at all, and it, I I think I mean it's gonna suck. Um, ever since I've been a fan, they've been good, but I almost want them to go through, kind of you know what Chelsea went through where they finished eighth and United those couple of years that they weren't in it and Liverpool like something bad needs to happen for something good to happen basically. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's gonna come down to whether you make Champions League this year or not. Yeah, and I think what we should do, um, I know we didn't talk about this um, heading into this, but maybe just briefly at the end of this speak uh, after the window if our thoughts on top four have changed. Yes. So I th- what we kind of want to get into next is we're, we're just going to run through each team quickly um, and kind of give the big deals that they had come in, uh, maybe some big outs that they had, and grade them on a grading scale uh, A to F on what we would give their transfer window on how it'll impact their team, um, you know, financially impact their club, those kind of things. So, um, Brady, if you want to start out, we have Bournemouth uh, first with really Begovic, Defoe, and Ake being the big ones that came in. Um, really not not any notable ones going out as I'm looking at the list here. Max Gradle kind of sticks out, but that that's literally because of FIFA like three years ago, nothing else. Yeah, he never really panned out. He had some injuries, unfortunately, but it is just a loan, so maybe. Oh, yeah, it is a loan. I see that. Come back. It'd be good if he came back and, and did something. Um, yeah, I mean, Begovic, that's an upgrade. Defoe, obviously, I think we're going to be a little influenced by what's happened the first few weeks. He didn't start the first two, and then he was subbed off in, against Chelsea. Um, Nathan Ake, that's, that's a very good signing. I would... And I'll, I will say we're both – we decided to just do these off the cuff. So yeah. uh, we have the opportunity to go back as we get to – I have a feeling that we're going to get to another team and I'm going to be like, oh, wait, I should have been born with this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say for Bournemouth, I will go with a – I'll go with a B. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus, and that's literally if you ask me this question, and we we all these deals were done when we were doing our preview podcast. I thought it was a great window. It just hasn't panned out, so that's the only reason I'm giving them the minus. It just yeah. hasn't. They haven't shown that yet, but hey, they play Arsenal this week, so they'll probably turn it around. So don't. Yeah, this, is, uh, this is another interesting thing about the transfer window is that it goes until like three weeks, three weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the managers and a lot of people in England wish it would just shut before the season starts, because um, there's some like Oxlade Chamberlain's probably not joining Liverpool if it closes um, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to be influenced by some of the results that have happened so far in the first first few matches. So um, For sure. Arsenal, uh, Kalasinac, and Lacazette. Obviously, those guys came in pretty early, so they did get some good business done early. Um, a lot of outs. I guess the big ones. Chesney. He was. He wasn't. He was your third string, so that's not a, a big one. Uh, okay. Gabriel. I do not understand that at all. Gabriel. No, Chesney. Like this dude's oh. what twenty five, twenty six. Because he smokes in the shower. What's that? Because he smokes in the shower. I I'm down with that man. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like Juve wants this dude to be their backup. We have a guy that's 36, looking worse and worse every game. Like I, that one to me blows my mind. But yeah, I mean him, Gabriel, Kieran Gibbs, Ox, Lucas Perez. We don't even sell him; we loan him. Joel Campbell. Joel Campbell, I'm shocked. Dude, he I. He has every reason in the world to hate Arsenal Football Club. Like, listen, Alexi's on his way out. It doesn't make sense. Campbell was better playing on the right so he can cut in, but he plays in that – he can play in that front three or front four if you've got three in behind the striker. I mean, he's explosive. We've seen him in CONCACAF and in the World Cup, and he's uh, – you've probably seen him more than I have, but just watching him in those international matches. Oh, yeah. When he's given the opportunity, and like, it's when he's – it just seems like he needs to be trusted or, like, loved. It's kind of like James. Like, James just needs to be loved, Right. Yeah, he's just not – He's. I don't know if it's Wenger. I don't know who it is. He's just not given opportunities. And I think this is his sixth loan spell, so. Yeah, with Alexi heading out, I'm shocked they didn't keep him and rotate him in. And Ox. Uh, yeah, and Ox. I mean, obviously – And Gibbs. At the beginning of the season, you know, you were trying everything you could do to trade me Ox in fantasy. Yeah. And that's, after, like, the first two matches, I should have just pulled the trigger – because he was one of the highest, at least in fantasy purposes, play Taga format, he was one of the highest scorers on Arsenal um, playing on the wing. So yeah, I know you're kind of like just getting out. He hasn't really panned out. And, and that's another shocking thing about this Arsenal window is that he was kind of, Winger talked very highly of him, thought very highly of him, it seemed, from the outside. And ultimately, he's the one that leaves and Alexi stays. I mean, obviously, yeah. Alexi quite a bit better, but Ox works his tail works his tail off. Um, and once wanted it seemed like if he was just given the opportunity, obviously he kinda wants to play in the midfield a little different role. Um, yeah, he just wasn't he was played out of position and he got sick of it, basically. I, yeah, and I think it ultimately came down to Ox was like, I want to leave. Yeah. Um, yep. and they were just like, Alright, we'll cash in on you but not on Alexi who's leaving in twelve months anyways. Who knows, man? I I'm giving Arsenal a C a C 
maybe a C minus. I mean, Lacazette's a great signing. Kalasinac is a great signing for free. Um, keeping hold of Alexis, I guess, can kind of be viewed as a positive. But in terms of a business aspect, we did great because we did we flipped a profit and everything's good. But I'm I'm probably saying a C minus. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's weird. We sit here and talk about it, and we're talking about how badly it was. Klasenak, I mean, that's like an A. If that was on, great on its own, that's getting him for free. That's an A. Lacazette finally happening. That's an A. To me, the keeping Alexi to me is like a D minus. Ooh. Just because you're lo- you're losing him in 12 months, no matter what, and he doesn't want to be there right now. And just on the first match he played against Liverpool. His body language and, like, the the incredible shot that is definitely a meme for, like, ever now of him after he came off on the bench kind of just gazing. He wasn't even looking at anything specific, it seemed like. He was just gazing and started laughing, but then realized, oh, crap, the cameras are probably on me. Let me cover my mouth. Yeah, man, he's, he's Not been... Not a good look. That, I mean, yeah. He, I, I agree, but that... He's been, do, he's been doing that. Like, he's done that for... For the last, I mean, he did that last year multiple times. Yeah, I just think it's going to deteriorate. Um, I'm going to go. You gave it a C, right? I think I'm going to go. I said C minus. Okay. I think I'll go C minus as well. I hate to do the same. I just don't. You know what? No, I'll go C. The, the, the Kalasnak and Lock is that sign, and that's good business. Especially Kalasnak off free. Yeah. I think if you play both those guys against Liverpool, Liverpool still wins, but it may not be as ugly. Oh, yeah. Well, because those two guys probably try. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think the argument for, I mean, we're kind of going back, but Parsons' argument was, oh, I want primarily tested players that have been in this situation before, but that backfired. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so Brighton, um, they, they were a little busy in the – the last couple hours, they got Matt Ryan, of course, uh, came in early. They did get Izzy Brown back on loan from Chelsea. Uh, Davey Proper, uh, center back from PSV, who looks like he's probably going to be pretty good. You touched on Tim Krul earlier. And then Jose Izquierdo, uh, record signing from Bruges, who, I mean, I don't know anything about him. Hopefully he, he pans out. I like I like Brighton a lot. Um, I, I really don't feel good about them staying up, but... I mean, if, if you look at this, I think they tried. So for that, I'm just going to give them a bang average C. Maybe I maybe go with a C plus just because the little bit of ambition because they are it does look like they're trying. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Tim Krul's a really good signing, but I don't understand bringing in Matthew Ryan and Tim Krul. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird one. Um, yeah, I think they went and they did. They kind of ticked like every box, so they got some. Some experience and cruel. Uh, is Kiero is an experience in the Premier League, but he's like a highly touted. He's a winger, right? Winger slash forward. Yeah. So he, you know, he brings some pace, kind of that flair. David Proper's got, you know, the Dutch league. Many think the Dutch league, you know, compares well to the Prem, although Memphis Depay kind of showed that may not be the case. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he's kind of a battle tested, battle tested guy. So they, and then Izzy Brown, you know, they get the. Everybody that comes up has to have a young Chelsea player on loan, so they take that box. <laughs> um, 
obviously we don't know much about the outs, so it's hard to tell. Rohan ends. Oh, that's the that's not comments. So you know none. Of, um, yeah, we don't know much about the outs, so it's hard to really tell on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would go. I think the last they also brought in this guy, uh, Shaletto from Sporting Lisbon, who I know nothing about. I don't even know. He's an Argentine defender. Um, oh yeah. So from Sporting Lisbon, he's 28 year old right back. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm right with I think C plus thanks to their last second trio of signings. Um, and Izquierdo, Schleto, and Cruel. Uh, yeah, I think before those deals, you're looking at a C minus, D plus because they just didn't do much, and the beginning of the season kind of showed that. Yeah, they haven't looked good. Yeah, so Burnley, uh, Burnley up next. Uh, some some decent ends here. Charlie Taylor from Leeds United. Uh, Jonathan Walters, you know he's older from Stoke, but he definitely gives you some experience. Jack Court from Swansea. Another show player in Phil Barsley. Chris Wood from Leeds, who has already paid off in that uh, last-second goal at Wembley to level with Spurs. And then, did we touch? Yeah, we touched on So, Naki Wells on deadline day from Huddersfield. He's a forward. Um, So, trying to replace Andre Gray. Andre Gray, yeah. A job in the last couple weeks to get uh, Chris Wood, who's been, you know, prolific scorer in the championship, and Naki Wells, obviously, who came up with Huddersfield. But wasn't going to see the field thanks to Steve Mooney and Elias Kachunga and some of those players. Uh, as far as outs, uh, Joey Barton, obviously, who they got at the end of last year and was just a, a wreck. <laughs> he was atrocious. John Flanagan was on loan from Liverpool. He didn't even play much. Yeah. George Boyd on a free to Sheffield. I mean, he was... He was decent. Yeah, he's just been kind of a workhorse in the midfield. Michael Keane, obviously, to Everton. It's a massive loss, but to be able to cash in on him, I think now is probably the time. But it is a big hit to their defense. Um, let me know if I'm missing any big... Andre Gray, obviously. Yeah, really, the only ones I had down were uh, Boyd King, Andre Gray, and Joey Barton. So, I mean... Yeah, so... I mean, they lost, and Andre Gray, he hadn't really... I guess done what was expected of him quite yet. Uh, I don't know if it's more to the team he was on. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Keane was like one of the best center backs. Everyone wanted him uh, coming into the into this season. So when we get to Everton, that's obviously going to be a big one for them. Uh, so on the pitch, it's a it's a pretty big loss. But but for Burnley to get thirty million out out of a player, that's oh yeah, business. So for me. I think it's a B minus. We're kind of hovering right around the middle on all of so far, but yeah, I I weirdly enough really liked their transfer window. I um, I mean they lost Keane, they lost Andre Gray, but I thought they've done a a decent job bringing in players who are Premier League proven. Um, and I I'm gonna give it a B plus. I and that is literally. Just because I for I have a weird like to their window. I mean, I know I kind of made fun of John Walters and Phil Bardsley, but I mean, bottom line, they're just they're gonna get it done and they're they're gonna bring something to your club that'll help you. Um, then Jack Cork, you know, he's he's proven in the Premier League. He can do a job. 
Chris Wood, obviously, you touched on it. He's already paid off. Naki Wells, I mean, to me, I think I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I And like I said, I don't know. I just I like the way they, they look now. Just, I think I picked them to get relegated, and I actually think now they could probably stay up. Um, I actually like their window. Yeah, it's weird. I was kind of high on Jonathan Walters, Jack Cork, Phil Barsley at the beginning of the season. For some reason, it just feels different to me now. But, yeah, I think, I think, I think the losses for me are kind of standing out more. Oh, yeah, for sure. The losses outweighs the, the ends. But I think for being Burnley, they did a good job recouping what they can. Yeah, that's fair. So next up will be Chelsea. Um, they were ones that kind of, if you want to touch on it briefly, they uh, they had a lot of players really not – they had it down to where they could go to Chelsea or another team, and, and they almost all of them went to another team. You had Oxlade-Chamberlain. You had Lukaku. You had um, Fernando uh, Lorente. And you had who was the other one? Uh, Ross Barkley. So I mean, their window probably could have been better than it was. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I thought it was very odd that the champions are getting players that are choosing other teams over going to them. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't been able to put my finger on why that would be. Uh, I think I think it might be because their starting eleven is so strong, and a lot of the players we mentioned are kind. Of, I mean. Obviously, Lukaku, he was probably option one. Murata was option two. Um, but I think I think it was more about United than Chelsea for him. I think it was. Yeah, for we'll sure. Talk about, we'll talk about that when we get to United. Um, but like Ross Barkley, who's he going to start over in that lineup? I can't see anyone. Yeah. I don't. He's going to be a starter. Uh, Osley Chamberlain's definitely not going to be a starter. He's not going to. He doesn't want to play where Moses plays as a wing back. He's not going to start over Conte or Bakayoko. I mean, maybe he could play over Drinkwater, but I don't. I'm not 100% Drinkwater's even starting. I think he's a backup. Oh no, yeah. Um, I mean, his partnership with Conte is obviously stuff of legend. Now that they won the Premier League together, but I think Drinkwater's obviously much better playing next to Conte. But he's still not, you know. So the Ox, so that's Ox, Lukaku. I think I think it um, kind of like how you got into it. I think Lukaku just wanted Jose Mourinho more, wanted United more. Ox didn't want to be played out of position. Barkley wanted playing time, um, and then Lorente. Lorente is the one that I can't really figure out. I, if I'm him, I want to go to Chelsea. But outside of that, I mean, it. it I, I understand the other reasons for the other guys, but with Lorente, I mean, I and not. Not throwing shade at that Tottenham. I mean, I think that's still a good team to go to, but I just thought it was odd that that he, of all people, being Italian and and would want to go play with um, with Conte. Or no, he's he's Spanish, isn't he? But he played under he played under uh, Conte at Juve. That's what it is. Yeah, I, yeah. So I'll save my take for when we get Tottenham on him. Yeah. Uh, so ends with them are Rudiger, Bakayoko, Morata, Zappacosta, Drinkwater. Um, so actually, a decent amount of business they did in. Um, outs would be Cadrado, Begovic, uh, Birch and Traore, Ake, uh, Solanke, Chalaba. So, I mean, it's an unbelievable list. Oh, I, and, literally, I literally have to keep scroll. I can't fit all their outs on one. Screen. Oh, well, it's because Vitesse. Vitesse is Chelsea B. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's a ton of players on loan that we won't even talk about that. Nemanja Matic. That's, I mean, yeah, so. Oh, boy. Zuma, I mean, Van Ginkle. My grade is mainly going to be based on, on some of their outs. <laughs> um, look, I think Rudiger, I think he probably fits the back three pretty well. Uh, back Yoko, he hasn't, he's just coming back from injury. But he looks pretty good. That looks like a good sign. I think he's going to be a force in the midfield. I mean, he's kind of, he's just like this big, just like Pogba. Pogba, when Pogba's on the pitch, he just looks big compared to everyone. Yeah. And he just like dominates people. Bakayoko has that same feel to me. Um, Murata, he's, I mean, he's already, people have some, for some reason are on the fence to him, but his production has already been good so far. Um and then the other three are kind of, I mean, Killian Hazard, we, you didn't mention him, so uh, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the first team, but so Eden Hazard's brother basically just, Eden just got him the hookup. Yeah. And was like, hey, come to Chelsea. Because <laughs> um, I've never heard of him before now. So he's yeah. the third Hazard brother. Um, and then Zabacosta and Drinkwater, I think I think both of them are just second stringers. Yeah, it's depth. Yeah, so I, I, as far as the outs go, I think, look, Solanke was one that they, sh- he could be their number two striker right now. Um, it's, I mean, they've got Bashwai, but they could be battling for the number two, and Solanke's young, and he's English. Yep. I think that's all, and they, they, they lost him for free, but it goes to Tribunal, so Liverpool will probably end up paying around like $10 million for him. Um, Ake... I think he's. I think he's another good young player. Yeah. Abraham's on loan, so some of these on loan are okay. The one that I haven't, I'm, I don't understand is like, um, lost his cheek on loan. Like he could be in that. He may not start every, start, but he could be on the bench every week. Yeah, that's that's kind of where um, where I get in to. I I'm not I'm not going to give them that great of a grade because like. You spend forty million on Danny Drinkwater, but you let Loftus Cheek and Nathaniel Chalaba go. Like, obviously, Drinkwater's a little bit better, but those two guys could probably do just uh, as good a job as what Drinkwater's going to do. And they're younger, they're English, they're going to, you know, come up through the ranks. Rudiger, I think, is just a replacement for um, John Terry. Bakayoko is just a replacement for Matic. Marata is just a replacement for Diego Costa. So I don't. I mean, Zappa Costa, but I don't know how much better compared to their team last year that, that Chelsea actually got. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I agree 100%. I think even more shocking is the fact that, okay, so Matic and Bakayoko, that's like a swap. So maybe Matic wasn't working out. He, the shocking thing about Matic is that you let him go to United, and now he's the most important cog in the United wheel. Yeah. He's been massively important. So, okay, maybe he didn't have a good year last year and he wasn't fitting into Conte's system. Don't let him go to United. Yeah, literally selling to a foreign team. Yeah, uh, so that's the biggest thing. And then if you're going to let him go, keep Loftus cheek. Like, okay, yes, you got back you to go for Matic, but then it's just a swap and you didn't add any depth. Yeah. And you have Champions League this year. You need depth. Yep. Uh, so I, I, and then Zuma is even that. I mean, Zuma is as shocking as Maddich to me because I think it, what was it? Some, who got Cahill got the red card week one, and then 
for the next two weeks, Andreas Christensen is playing at the bat on the in the back for yeah. Chelsea. Yep. You have Kurt Zuma, who was playing before he got hurt for Chelsea. <laughs> I don't understand. So, I don't either, man. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him just a C, and I wanted to give him a C minus, but I gave Arsenal a C minus. I can't give him the same as Arsenal, so I'm gonna give him a C. I think it. Yeah, I think. I think it's worse than Arsenal. You think? I, I think it's close. Yeah, but I'm I, going, I. I'm going D plus. D plus. Okay. D D as in D dog. Yeah. I. Uh, no, I get it. I just don't think they got that much better, and they didn't get deeper. Like if yeah, if, exactly. if they keep those players, if they keep their team last year, maybe have one or two, maybe even three of those guys go out. And they make these signings, then I think they've had a great window. Yeah, it's it's a combination of some of the people they let go that could be contributing, like the young players. Then they basically just did swaps at a bunch of other positions. Yeah, not not adding depth or even upgrading maybe. And then the the denial from other players of wanting to go there. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. I didn't take I didn't take that into a, into account, but yeah. So that's yeah. So that's Chelsea, pretty low on them. Uh, Crystal Palace. So obviously the manager, new manager in, we won't count that. But then Lost Cheek on loan, Jairo Reedwald, the defender from Ajax, uh, Fosu Minza from United on loan, and then last second Mamadou Sako from Liverpool. Uh, not a lot of outs either. Steve Mandanda to Marseille. And I, I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I think we should keep it quick on this one. I'm just going to go ahead and say. I think it's. It's a B. Yeah, that's what I have down as well. It was. I think Sacco at the end is, is a pretty good signing, but similar to, to Bournemouth, man, they just. It hasn't panned out yet. So I'd give him a higher grade. The beginning of the season, I thought very highly of them, and it just hasn't panned out. So, I'll, as far as business goes, I'd probably give them a B. Yeah, I think it's just down to DeBoer hasn't. He's trying to implement a new system with players that don't fit it. So, I think that's the that's what's holding them back right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Um, Everton is gonna. It's <laughs> gonna take a while. Yeah, Pickford in, Klassen in, um, Onyekuru, who looks like he's gonna be pretty good, but he went back out on loan. Um, Sandro Ramirez, Michael Keane, uh, Wayne Rooney, um, Sigurdsson, Vlasic. I mean, they had all kinds of players coming. Obviously, Lukaku going out, De La Feu going out, Tom Cleverley going out. Um, then a couple of their youngsters, Browning, Pennington, all them. Uh, Aiden McGeady also went out. Um, then, man, I think for losing Lukaku, I thought. They, they didn't bring in that goal scorer. They didn't bring in that striker to replace Lukaku, but they kind of spread the wealth. And I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I, I thought they did. If I think if you ask me before the transfer window, okay, Everton's going to lose Lukaku. How good are they going to be next year? I would not have thought they'd have as good a, a squad as what they do now. Because I, I, I wouldn't think they would spread it out. I think they would go all out for one or two players. But, I, I mean, they're, they've are they got some depth. I like that they've brought in a lot of English players. 
So yeah, I'm gonna go A minus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my initial thought, I was just thinking, I was like, okay, A minus, and then I think I kind of backed off. But Pickford's a great signing, and Keane is a great signing. Those are two young English players that are gonna be national team players for years to come, and that's something that's important in England is to get the have a focus yeah. on on the homegrown talent. So that's good for them. Where I'm a little Sandro Ramirez, I'm not sold on him. They, I mean, obviously this is down to his performance so far, but I don't, even when the season started, has he even played? Uh, not that I can remember. I think he's maybe come on as a sub. Yeah, so I'm not sold that he's your option at striker, and if you're going to throw Wayne Rooney there and play him as a striker or false nine, that's not going to be the right. I mean, I think Rooney's been great so far, but throughout the course of the season, that's not great. But then Davey Klassen and Gilfie Sigurdsson, it's, I, th- I think they're, like, too similar, and they're both too slow. I think I, yeah. think, I think Everton's just way – they didn't get fast. Like, they don't have any top-end athletes that give them pace. Much. Which is, I mean, the, the best example is when they played Calvert-Lewin up front. Uh, so, like, first week of the season, he played, like, wing-back. And then against – was it Chelsea? Yeah. At Chelsea, he, he played striker. Yeah, when he was up top. And he was like, I mean, he really opened things up for them, and he was, with his pace and his young, fresh legs, he really opened things up. So that's the only thing holding you back is that they're missing that, like, that yeah. little bit of pace. So for me, I'm going to go B+. Plus. But yeah. I, it sounds like I'm bashing the window. I mean, the Wayne Rooney story, just the story in general, is, I mean, it's huge for the club from a business aspect and for marketing. Um, and he's already paid off. I mean, he's got two goals already, so he's looked... And, uh, I mean, another thing that we maybe aren't taking into uh, account, and not to, to disagree with, with your stance, but, I mean, what are the chances that Pickford and Keane retire? I mean, I know it's kind of early to, to call, but retire as Everton players. They're probably eventually going to be able to sell them on for even more money. That's very true. be interesting to see what the... The contracts take for sell-on fees for Sunderland and Burnley. Yeah, that they're going to percentage of that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. By then too. Um, yeah, I think. Listen, they've done great with the money from Lukaku, and um, I guess that's really the only one. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, great, great way to spend the money, but I just don't think they replaced Lukaku. That's the one thing. Yeah. I agree. I think they strengthened in pretty much every area of the team except for where they just lost the most. Yeah, for sure. So maybe that's what's holding me back a little bit. But I still think it's been, for Everton, I highly doubt they've had a better winner than this ever. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people think they're going to be pushing for top six and safely in seventh. So, listen, that's good for, for Everton. Next up, Huddersfield Town, so another new club to the Premier League. Uh, big ones in Aaron Moy from Man City for eight million. Uh, he's turned out. We wouldn't have said his name at the beginning of the season, but Jonas Lossel, the goalkeeper from Mainz on loan. Um, Tom Ends from Derby. Casey Palmer on loan from Chelsea. Danny Williams from Reading. Steve Mooney, the striker from Montpellier. Uh, those are the big ones. And then as far as outs, Naki Wells is probably the only one we should mention. Yeah. Around deadline day, uh, and this is going to be—I don't know what we would give him before the season because we just didn't know him. But I mean, this is 
the players that they have brought in. I guess so. Aaron Moy was there on the last year, right? Yeah. So, but making him permanent is massive. So the the production from Moy, Losel, and Moody alone puts them in the B range. Oh yeah. Without without anything else. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and throw my. I mean, I think. I'm gonna say B plus. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Say B plus, and I and I mean these. You can tell these guys want to play for the manager too, which is huge. Yeah, yeah. and that's the best, biggest bit of business they did was holding on to their manager. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a very. They play in a very clop like, and it shouldn't be surprising, obviously, but they play very clop like football. I mean, they're yeah. just in your face, and they do not back down. They're even they're actually a little more physical. In Liverpool, because they've got the players to be so. Um, they're my favorite team to watch, other than Liverpool right now. Yeah, I, I agree. B plus, I think they've done done well. <clears throat> um, Leicester, they had um, probably a decent window. They brought in Maguire, who's turned out to he look, he's looked actually really good uh, the first couple of weeks. Scored a goal. Um, I think he got an assist as well. Um, then they got a Bora, who hasn't played yet from Sevilla. Um, Ianacho, who we haven't seen a whole lot from, but that was a big signing from City. Um, and then, as you mentioned before, deadline day, getting uh, Dragovic from uh, Leverkusen. Um, outs really are just kind of drink water. They loaned out Kaputska, who had a, a good, I can't remember if it was World Cup or Euros a few years back. But I think overall, um, they had that big, on, uh, I think Adrian Silva or Andre Silva from Sporting. They were, yeah. What? 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 Like either fourteen minutes or fourteen seconds late trying to get him in. Yeah, it was like seconds late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I think if they get him, I give them probably a B. I think without getting him in, I'm gonna give him a B minus. Yeah, I think. I think Drinkwater is probably gonna be a pretty big loss. Yeah, but but you you got a Bora to come in though, which he yeah. isn't Premier League proven. But I mean, by all counts, he's been pretty solid for Sevilla and had European experience. I like what they did with McGuire and Dragovic, getting younger at the back. Didn't necessarily get much more pace, which was kind of the issue with um, Morgan and uh, I already forgot his name. Uh, Huth. Yeah, I mean Huth was just slow. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm just gonna go C plus. Like it's just it's it's a little better than good. Yeah. A little better than good. So uh next up Liverpool. Liverpool. So I mean obviously we know about I mean, really, only four in. It feels like more, I guess, for some reason. But most Salah from Roma, Dominic Solanke from Chelsea. Andrew Robertson from Hull and Oxley Chamberlain from Arsenal. Like, if you told me we're only getting in four players and none of them really, I don't think you'd say any of those are like top tier names where you're like, oh, wow, oh, wow. I would probably say this is disappointing. But, like, Salah, like, he's been incredible so far, his pace and his work ethic. I think Solanke has a part to play. Um, Robertson, I think it was a good signing at the time, but Moreno's looked really good so far this season. Uh, but it is just, I mean, eventually I'm sure Moreno will have a, a bad match and 
Rockstar will get a chance. And then Ox, I'm not, I just don't know. I, I want to be excited. I'm excited because it's a young English player with plenty of pace. He works his tail off. He wants, I mean, just, you can tell he wants to be at Liverpool. That's important to me. I just don't know where he's going to play. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, so let's, before we, let me touch on the house real quick. Uh, Lucas Leva, obviously, he was probably, when I first became a Liverpool fan, and mainly this was just FIFA, but he was always the first person to sell. <laughs> but I'm going to miss him. He, this Last year especially, he filled in, in like a defensive role. I think he was good for the locker room and good to kind of, you know, I wonder if this Coutinho stuff would happen if Leva hadn't gone. Um, you know, he just kind of kept the Brazilian. He was part yeah. of the Brazilian family with Firmino and Moreno, I guess, is Spanish. Um, so I'll miss him. Um, some youngsters, Kevin Stewart, got some 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 time last year. He's off the hole. Shea Ojo was just loaned out to Fulham. Ryan Kent, that's a good loan for Ryan Kent to go play Bundesliga football, Freiburg. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Sacco, uh, last second to Palace. I mean, that's the Sacco out. I think, from a talent perspective, I think he could be starting at center back for us, but clearly Klopp just can't trust him. Some, you know, he broke some team rules. And it, if I remember back, he broke like a team rule in back-to-back days. And Klopp was just like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah. And he's just like, you're dead to me, basically. So to be able to get what we did for him, that's good business. Um, it's just the Ox one. I was just, I don't know. If he wants to play central midfield, like he has to play over Wijnaldum, because he's not tough. playing over Chaner. he's not playing over Chaner Henderson right now. Yeah. And Wijnaldum just played the best match he's ever played for Liverpool. Yeah. I. Uh, I Salah, I think is huge. Salanki, I think is huge, especially for the price. Robertson, I think, is a pretty good signing. Decent English, I like that. Or is he Scottish? Uh, Scottish. Scottish. Um, yeah. I, I'm so mixed with Ox. Like, pardon, I, I loved Ox because, like you said, he just tries, works his tail off, love that. But part of me also is like, okay, 35, 40 million for a guy who's injured a lot, who, I mean, he'll have, a, he'll, he'll look brilliant one night, and then the next two games, he'll, he'll, just look like Jacqueline Hyde. So, I mean, part of me is okay with that. Part of me hates it that he left. Um, I, it, it was almost more like of a, a – not even that I'm going to miss him as much. I will miss him, but it's more of like he picked one of our rivals over us. So that is what kind of stings more than anything. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I would give Liverpool – I think Sacco, kind of like how you said, I think he could be starting – um, I would give them a A minus to B plus, and it's it's not higher only because I think they should have got a center back. Yeah, I I actually I wrote down A minus as well. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah, the center back is the is the biggest thing. Uh, but defensively, so far, other than I mean, our second and third match, our defenses look much better. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to find real quick. On the Premier League website, it says Salah's 
transfer was for an undisclosed fee, but I know it was disclosed at some point somewhere. Yeah, it uh, was. It was like it was like seventeen. It was something. Yeah, it small. was. I think it was under twenty, which is uh-huh. great value. But yeah, it. it I think that. Um, so here, let me. So we kind of talked about this at the beginning. Um, so this organization is called CIES Football Observatory, and they have sort of a transfer value uh, calculator that they've been running since 2013. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, data on how they've been pretty close to what the fees end up being um, for a lot of players. So most of us say he went for 20 million euros. Uh, do you think that Liverpool got a great paid deal. about the right amount? Got good value or overpaid? Good value. Yeah, so on CIES, his transfer value is 88.1 million. Yeah, I, w- I would have said at least, especially after the Neymar deal. I, I mean, he, I, to me, he's he's better than Ox. So that, yeah. and that's that's 40 million right there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Just another little. So his transfer value, and, and they take into account a lot of different things on this website, just check it out, footballobservatory.com. Um, but so let's compare his value to 88.1 million. Um, how do you think that compares to Phil Coutinho? I'd say Coutinho is over 100. Coutinho's is 70.5. Wow. How about Firmino? Firmino, I would say... Ah, Firmino's hard to call. I can see him being right right around there with Salah. Maybe a little, maybe a little more. Yeah, ninety three point nine. Yeah. So, uh, just a little interesting. You know, they take into account you know several different areas of the game, as well as the last one thousand minutes that you've played. So, um, My, the interesting yeah, the importance of of you know for me of the other players. You know, we're not just a Coutinho team. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's like I said, man. I think it was a good window. My kind of, and I don't want to 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 keep going back to Ox, but my thing is, I know he he didn't he doesn't want to play on the wing and he doesn't want to play that wing back right back role. But to me, he's great at that. Like he's so good at beating players, you know, getting around them and being able to. Win. Granted, his crosses aren't always the best, but. I can't think of a player in the in the Premier League that runs better at a left back than what Ox does. Yeah, I, I wonder if you know in Liverpool's system it is you know they kind of call it they've called it rock and roll football and it's just in your face, hard hitting counter like you just go. I mean, obviously there's times where it slows down. You know, when you're playing the lower half teams or but there's just a lot of just going at it, so I do think I, I, I think I think Klopp's going to get more out of him. Than yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, and and the play style fits better. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, I, a minus is what I'll, B plus a minus is what I'll go with. Okay. So City, the big spenders, uh, mostly on defense. Uh, Ederson, Kyle Walker, Danilo. Uh, Mindy, they also got Bernardo, Bernardo Silva early in the window. Outs, they had quite a bit, and a lot of them were just releases. Uh, Jesus, Na- Jesus Navas, uh, Clichy, Zabaleta, 
Sa- uh, Sanya, they, the Aaron Moy thing we touched on, he went on a permanent. Joe Hart, Nalito, um, who else? Ian Nacho, Nazari, Patrick Roberts went back on loan. Uh, Wilfred Boney, so I mean, quite a few outs. They really kind of strengthened where they were weak last year, and that was the goalkeeper in the defense, so I guess a good window, probably. Granted, I mean, the money they spent, you kind of have to have a good window if you're spending that much money, but I thought they did, they did, they, they like I said, improved where they weren't very good at last year. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they're good. I think it was more of they struggled a little bit at the back, but not as bad as people want to make it out that they struggled as far as true goals allowed. Um, I, I just think he got play that Pep got players that fit his system and do things that he wants them to do. Like you go through the outs, there's some big names, but they're only big names because we know they played at City. Like yeah. Jesus Navas is notorious. It's notorious that like he just. He looked. He never did actually did anything or provided anything. Like he couldn't finish. He's his last pass was never quite right. Um, but you go through the outs and there's some big names, but none that really hurt. Yeah. I mean, Ianacho maybe he, but they they've got too many options in front of him. He's just never going to get the time. So I think no negatives for me in this one. I think it's an A. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. In terms, I'm going to go a minus, just because I don't want City to be my best graded team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll try and keep it moving. Man United, shockingly, only four ends, but they're all pretty mad. Well, really, only Huge. three ends. So, yeah. So, Victor Lindelof was kind of the first one to come in very early in the window from Benfica, the defender. Uh, obviously, Romelu Lukaku. From Everton, massive. I think ultimately it could be around 100 million pounds. It says undisclosed, but there's some. It's around like 80, 89, between 80 and 89. But then there's add-ons to make it close to 100. And then uh, the manager match from Chelsea. And then they have it on here as Latin, but that's just basically let his contract run out. And then he kind of took six months off, and he's re-signed with them now, recovering from his injury. Um, Alex, obviously Wayne Rooney, we know. He was one that was basically part of that's the weird situation where it was Cash and Rooney basically for Lukaku. Yeah. Um, and in a young promising youngster back when we started watching the Premier League, but it's just never really panned out. Yeah. Uh, and then some loans for some youngsters and that's really it. Um, I mean for me it's not it's not even a question, it's an A plus. Yep. A plus they won the transfer window. A plus for sure. I don't think they could have done they did nothing to me wrong. Yeah, not yeah, nothing. I mean, Rudy had run his course, and they strengthened where similar to City, they strengthened where they needed to. Yep, and it's just it's just a little bit better than City. You know, Lukaku, top tier striker in the world, Nemanja Matic, top tier defensive mid in the world, and he fits perfectly in what they're doing. Yep. They play three, you know, whether they play two in the middle. Um, Pogba's got the energy that he can go box to box and then Maddox just stays back or if they play three in the middle and Maddox just sits deep behind Pogba or they have Maddox and Fellaini sitting in front I think it'll vary on their opponent um, and then 
Zlatan, I'm interested to see what how the second half of the season plays out for him, what the role is. I just think it's it's going to be rotation. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'm excited though. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like they're level with some team, or they're down a goal with in the 70th minute, and they just throw Zlatan on it. Zlatan and Lukaku. They're just lobbing headers into the box, and eventually something's going to happen, basically. Yep. Yep. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Zlatan kind of plays like a false nine, which I think he kind of, he kind of does a lot of the time anyways. He plays like a mix between a target man and a yeah. false nine. Yep. Yeah, so and I, I think him and Lukaku on the field at the same time actually would be pretty good. Yeah, and they're going to have a good relationship because Zlatan let him take number nine. Yep. Knowing well and good that he was going to re-sign with United, so... God, he's. I love him. <laughs> yes, I remember from FIFA. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. I mean, A plus as much as it as it sucks, but A plus. Um, Newcastle kind of underwhelming. I really expected them to do more coming up. Um, they got Atsu. They got Jacob Murphy from Norwich, which is he's a young English winger. Uh, Mikel Marino from Dortmund. Uh, Joseph Liu from Stoke. Out. Uh, not, I mean, they had Cruel, but he wasn't even there last year. Um, Gufran finally went out. Vernon Anita. A lot of those players that I, I recognize names from when I first started watching finally being shipped out in Newcastle. But Newcastle is one that I really expected, like I said, I expected a lot more for, or a lot more from. And I'm actually going to give them a D because... I just don't think they're spending. I think they have the money and they're just not spending it, and I think it could ultimately cost them. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a D as well. I was gonna I was thinking about giving it a D plus, but I mean, there's no, there's no upside to this. Uh, and what? What? I mean, Newcastle's a, a a team that, I mean, they've been in the prim for years now, and they're kind of a. They were in, you know. Europe not long ago, and you'd think they'd be able to attract better players than what they're getting. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think Christian Atsu was even there last year. They just kind of made it official, or like yeah. a full top thing. Yeah. So, and even Florian Lejeune may have been there last year too. So those aren't even true ends, really. I guess. Um, I, yeah, it's just there's not enough there. But obviously, you know, when they went down, there was a big, you know, discussion that look, they have the Premier League talent. They just couldn't get the manager to make it work, or they stopped playing for the manager at the time. But I'm starting to want, you know, when you come back up, you got to freshen things up. you got to get some new blood in. Um, you know, I think Murphy's a good signing. Javier Mankio was at Liverpool a few years back. He played, he's just, I mean, right now, I don't see, you can't play him over DeAndre Yedlin, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Yedlin no way. has way too much pace to be left out of that side. Um, and he's good going forward, and he he's getting better defensively. For the U.S., they're trying to make sure he focuses on his defensive um, responsibilities. So I just don't even see him playing. Um, so yeah, we I don't think we need to spend more time. I think it's just I, you said you think they have the money. I don't think he has the money to spend. I think the Mike Ashley is probably broke. I think he's kind of come out and said as much. So. Yeah, but how do you go into the Premier League as championship winners? And what? So what's the 
I don't have it in front of me, but dude, they, they, it has to be less than 30, 40 million that they've spent. Yeah, you just gotta wonder what kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. He should have the money, basically. Yeah. He should. I think Rafa's gonna walk. If things yeah. don't get better. I mean, obviously, results get turned, but. Yeah, well, I think we'll see. Um, so, Southampton, uh, not a lot here. Mario Lamina from Juventus. Wesley Hope from Lazio. That's pretty much it on the end. Outs. J. Rodriguez. Jordi Plassi out on loan, which is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, Harrison. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot. There's just not a lot to happen here. I think the. I guess the biggest positive is that they held on to Van Dyke. Yeah. But I think that's only for this year, probably. And. It'll be interesting to see how he plays for them. Um, so for me, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go C plus. Just a little. The fact that they, they basically no business to me. They just held on to Van Dyke. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with a C. Um, yeah, kind of a boring window for them. I do like the Hope signing. I think he could be a player like Van Dyke that. Um, we don't know much about now, but in a couple of years he could because he's young, um, and he played in at Lazio in the Italian league where, you know, they're kind of known for their defenses. So I think that he could actually be one that really pans out for him. And in a couple of years, we hear more about him than than what we know about him now. Yeah, so he might be a Liverpool player in a couple of years. Probably, Lamina will <laughs> probably be there as well. So, <laughs> um, so who's next? Stoke. So Stoke got Zuma on loan. Uh, the Martins indie deal they made permanent. Uh, Hesse is the big one. Then uh, Kevin uh, Wimmer on deadline day. So a lot of, I think, really good ends. Darren Fletcher as well. And Josh Tymon, FM legend. Yeah. Uh, outs, John Walters, Arnautovic, Glenn Whelan, Bardsley. A lot of the older players that have been at Stoke for so long. Um, Joe Salou to Newcastle. Uh, Mbula, who was kind of a big signing a couple years back, kind of one that was kind of similar to the Krakowiak uh, transfer, where it was one of those players that were kind of linked with big clubs and went to Stoke. He actually goes out on loan. So um, I actually kind of like the the window from Stoke. Um, I'm probably going to give him like a B plus. Yeah, I think pretty much, the, I would say, Zuma, Chupo Moting, Martins Indy, Hesse, they all start. And Wimmer, uh, I think Wimmer might start too, to be honest. Him and, uh, him and Zuma's, that's not a bad... I mean, no, you've, you've still got Shawcross. Yeah, and I think, I think you might see Jeff Cameron play. He's been between center defensive mid and a center back for them. I think he might move into the midfield and especially after his atrocious performance in defense for the U.S. against Costa Rica. I yeah. think his days at the back are numbered. Um, so, yeah, I think it could, you could see Wimmer, Martin Zindy, Shawcross in the middle as a back three because they've been playing a back three, they, or they've done it a few times already this year. Um, and then Hesse, Chupamoting, like I said, I think they're starters. So, yeah, I'm going to go. Hmm. I don't want to give the same as you, but 
I'll go B. Let's see, who else is a B plus? No, I'm gonna go B. I have Everton as a B plus, and I don't think that was as good as Everton, so I'm gonna go B uh, with a B. Okay. Respectable. Respectable. <laughs> um, Swansea City up next. Exciting final day, as we mentioned. Uh, obviously, Abraham is in on loan. Broke Mesa from Las Palmas. Um, Sam Lucas from Hull. And then Renato Sanchez and Wilfried Bonnie on deadline day. The two massive ones. Um, as far as outs, I'll say Marvin Innes. He's not really a big out. Um, he scored some big goals from them in the past. Bafatimi Gomez, he was kind of out on loan last year. The Tiger, or Lion. He was incredible when he was, when he was at his best for Swansea. Yeah. Borja Baston, who they brought in last year, he's already out. Jack Cork, obviously. Gilfie's the big one um, on deadline day to Everton. Um, and then Yorente also on deadline day to Tottenham. So... I guess they had two big ones on deadline day, two outs, but they pretty much just replaced straight replacements for, uh, with Bonnie. I think Bonnie, I think, I think that's probably a, a swap or a slight upgrade. I, honestly, it's kind of hard to tell. He hasn't really played for a few years. Um, but it's good to have him back. Sanchez, I think, will be good for them. Um... I'm just going to go, I'm, I think I'm going to go, I mean, they did some really good business, but I'm going to go B minus. I am going to go B plus. And that's only similar to Brighton. I think they're showing ambition that they want to stay in the league, whereas Swansea the last couple of years been has been one of those teams that it's kind of been inevitable. They've dodged relegation a couple times. I thought they weren't going to dodge it this time, but it looks like they're at least... You know, bringing in Renato Sanchez, uh, Wilfred Bonney, just to to try to make up what Lorente leaves. Um, I'm gonna... yeah, my my counter to that though is that yeah, they brought in some talented big name players, but they lost, they let go of their their two best players. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's what that's what makes it. I mean, if they hold on to to even okay, let Lorente go, but if you hold on to Gilfie, and you've got Gilfie and Reynato Sanchez, because they're completely different players. You can have both. Yeah. And Bonnie, I think they're safe. 100%. Yeah, that's true. I'll give them a B. I'll go. I'll go from a B plus to a B. I think. You mean was... slightly there, but. What? Yeah. Well, that was very good. <laughs> you should. You should be a salesman. You should sell phones. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Want me to move back? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. That was. That's recorded too. So. Now you have to do it. Um, uh, next, next up is your favorite. Uh, no, we're just going to skip Tottenham, so we're just going to go straight to Watford. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, Tottenham got in Davinson Sanchez, uh, Juan Foyth, uh, Serge Aurier, Fernando Lorente, and kind of a weird one with Gazaniga coming in from Southampton. Alex, the big one's Kyle Walker. Um, Kevin Wimmer's kind of another one that's somewhat big. Um, but yeah, I mean, for them, I would give them a C plus. I don't think it was anything great, but it was better than than average. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think I'm gonna go B minus. 
I think that they address, they have attempted to, but I think they've done a much better job of addressing their backup striker position. Obviously, Jansen was not the answer. Yeah. I think Yorente gives you goals. He can score multiple ways, and he scores in different ways than Harry Kane. So I think that's a good yeah. uh, a combo to have. You pull off Harry Kane and throw on Yorente, and now the defense has to completely change their mindset. That's I think that's good. Aurier is obviously brought in basically to replace Walker. Probably not as good as Kyle Walker, but for the money that you got for Walker to be able to replace with Aurier, I think that's fine. Um, and then just got a little bit of backup in that defensive line. Obviously, they let Wimmer go. Haven't really seen Davidson Sanchez, but you know a lot of big teams are interested in him. Um, when the likes of Barcelona are interested in you, you generally you're pretty talented. So um, I, for me, the biggest reason for a B minus, you gave him a C plus, right? Yeah. The biggest reason for the B minus is that they addressed that backup striker issue, and they got a ridiculous amount of money for Kyle Walker. Yeah, that's true. Um, so on to Watford. Uh, Tom Cleverly from Everton, Will Hughes, uh, another FIFA slash FM wonder kid. Uh, Kiko Firmino from Alaves, who's already he's got a few minutes. He played against Liverpool, but did get injured. Uh, Chalva from Chelsea. Richarlison from Fluminense, Andre Gray from Burnley, uh, Andre Carrillo from Benfica, and I mean that's the big ones. They got three, three players in on deadline day. Um, two from Udinese, who's another club that's owned by the same people as Watford. So it's basically like a, they interchange players between the two of them, um, and then a guy from Sporting Lisbon. But wow, I mean as I'm reading that. And I didn't even mention their head coach, which we're not counting that. But Marco Silva, that's a massive signing yeah. as a coach. But as I read through that list, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I read, I got like, oh, my gosh, it's even better. Um, that is really good. Out, like, um, really no outs. Valen Barami, Costel Pensanelon, and Norbert Amber. Uh, but, I mean, think about this for a second. Like, I'm going to go A-. minus. Yeah, I think, I mean, for being Watford, I thought they did really well. And they didn't lose anything huge, really. Mario Suarez, but I think they've done a good job replacing him. Hmm. Man, I think you're right. I mean, that's what's been for me. With Liverpool on the A-line line, but I mean, I think Andre Gray, he's going to get much better service uh, than he did at Burnley. Richarlison, Richarlison, he's already had a few good performances. The combination of those two is good. Chalba, a young English player. Mourinho, was like, I think he's like a left back. Will Hughes, another good young player. Yeah, I'm going A-line. Really good window. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Mark, uh, you touched on it. Silva, I mean... Yeah, he's he's already had an impact, clearly. Yeah. Um, another club that was kind of kind of busy on the last couple of days, West Brom. They brought in, um, at the beginning of the window, Jay Rodriguez. They had Ahmed Hagazi that came in, um, who he's kind of paid off already, scored a goal. He's looked decent at the back. 
Gareth Barry came in, who's Premier League experience. Oliver Burke from Leipzig. Uh, and then Kieran Gibbs and Gregor Skrkoviak were the big ones late in the window. Um, outs were just Darren Fletcher. Uh, that's really it. So I, I thought they had a, a great window, similar to to Watford for being West Brom. I thought they had a really good window. I don't think they had quite as good a window as Watford. So I'm going to go B+. Plus. I'm torn. Yeah? I just... Gerard, if he pings out, that's a good sign. Higazi's already been brilliant online. Barry, I, I don't know about... I think he's. I don't think he starts, in my opinion. I think you brought in Kretroviak. Kretroviak starts. I think Oliver Burke, he's got... And this is solely based, again, on FM and FIFA, but he's got a ton of pace. Yeah. Um, Kieran Gibbs is going to be an upgrade for them for sure. Yeah, I think I'll go B plus as well. I think just short of of uh, Watford. That's probably about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Those one nils, yeah. man. That's all they need. What they they need, do. They just need one one goal, and that's it. Yep. Uh, last but not least, West Ham. Some massive in. Pablo Zabaleta from City. Joe Hart from City on loan. Marco Anatovic. Javier Hernandez. Chicharito. Um, those are in, the, the big ins as far as outs. Tyler Norkvite. Maybe. Reese Oxford on loan. Inter Valencia. Ashley Fletcher. I mean, we're stretching here. Figuli. <laughs> Snodgrass on loan to Villa. I don't even know if I knew about that one. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at this as well. I didn't know Snodgrass went out. Yeah, me either. Or Figuli. Um, Figuli was well, underwhelming, man. I, I thought that was a great signing last year. and He just didn't pan out. Yeah, I think, yeah. He would have been, had Payet stayed, I think he would have been a good combo guy for him. Um, look, I think they had a guy... And they had a good window. Yeah. It's just not working. They've got they've still got a lot of injuries to come back, but I mean, Chicharito, he's just a poacher, man. He's just he's there. He's always in the right place at the right time. Arnautovic, he's hit or miss. I mean, he obviously got the red card, which was stupid, but he's still a skilled player. Joe Hart, he proved over the weekend with England he can still save shots. Um, I think he's just. <laughs> I think they've just been so bad. He's been helpless back there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna go with a with a B. I mean, it was it's it's good business. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it was it was it's just not painting out like you said, and it, it's still early, so it still can. Um, but as far yeah, as the players they brought in, I thought they did a good job. Um, it it just hasn't panned out yet. Hopefully, I like West Ham, so I'm hoping they kind of. Turn it around. I think that that Billich is really feeling the heat, especially. I mean, to, kind of reading into some of the stuff, like the owners are saying that they made a bid for Carvalho, and then he's saying that they never did make a bid. So to me, he's kind of just, you know, kind of being shafted a bit. It almost looks to me like their ownership want, kind of wants him out because I don't know, like uh, the stuff that he's saying about the club isn't matching up with what the owners are saying happened like deadline day and, and all that. So, But they did business early, and I think they did good business early, so I'd go with a B as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting... They're the weird situation, I think, where I'm not letting their performance in fact impact my rating. I just... I'm hopeful that they'll turn it around, I guess. Yeah. So, well, at least now we're, we're officially done with the international break and we can enjoy Premier League football again this week. Yeah, this weekend. absolutely. But, but run, let me run through these ratings real quick. So we both had our kind of the groups we had. So at the top, obviously, we both agree. Man United won the transfer window. Um, then we've kind of got a combo of City, Liverpool, and Watford at A's or A-minuses um, as that second tier right behind United. Um, on the B line, let's see. So I've got, as far as B-pluses, I've got Everton, Huddersfield, West Brom. I thought they had really good windows. Uh, you had Stoke, Burnley, Huddersfield, and West Brom. Um, and then I also had, as B's or B-minuses, I had Bournemouth, Palace, Stoke, West Ham, Burnley, Swansea, and Tottenham. So I had a group there of seven, kind of right there in the B range. Uh, you had Bournemouth, Palace, West Ham, Swansea, and Leicester. So those five you had in the B range. Uh, as far as C's and C pluses, I had Arsenal, Brighton, Leicester, and Southampton. You had Tottenham, Arsenal, Brighton, Southampton, and Chelsea. And then on the D line, I had Newcastle, Chelsea, and you had Newcastle. So. Yeah, I mean, pretty similar similar ratings. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, we both agree. Man United won the window, hands down, and Newcastle was the worst. So. Yeah, it wasn't even, wasn't even close, sadly, on both those fronts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we did get to see a little bit of uh, Team USA, though. Two big matches that they had over um, the international break that Probably not the best results. Um, absolutely, just not kind of not showing up against Costa Rica, um, and then Bobby Wood had that goal against um, <clears throat> the other uh, just the other night. Who was it? What was Honduras. It? Honduras. Yeah, that's right. I almost I wanted to say Panama. Um, they kind of saved him there. So looking, it's kind of sketchy right now with USA. Yeah. Well. Currently sitting uh, in fourth place in our group of six. So the way this works is basically uh, we play each team two times, so there's a total of ten matches. They started back in 2015. Uh, eight matches have been played. We've got two left. We currently sit in fourth in the table on nine points. Uh, level with Honduras on points, but we have a much better goal difference. Um, and then Trinidad and Tobago is at the bottom of the table. Uh, Mexico is already qualified for the World Cup. Costa Rica is basically qualified. They're like in the 90-something percent chance um, to qualify. Uh, so the top three positions automatically go to the World Cup, and then whoever finishes fourth will have a playoff uh, with either Australia or Saudi Arabia uh, for another spot in the World Cup. So we've got two matches coming up in October. Uh, we go October 6th. We will be playing Panama. That's actually in Orlando, so I might go to that one. Ah, I'll be in Florida. Let's do it. Oh, crap. You will be. Yeah. I'm looking at tickets right after we get done with this. Yeah, look them up. That, 
incredible. Um, and that's a must win. So Panama is uh, one point ahead of us and sitting in third. So that is an absolute must win. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for the U.S. And then four days later, October 10th, we go to Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, so road matches in CONCACAF are never easy. Uh, but that's probably the easiest one we'll have in this qualifying cycle. So uh, we need a minimum of four points from those matches, um, and a three definitely needs to come from Panama. Um, so Honduras being our biggest competition for that fourth-place spot, they actually play Mexico and Costa Rica, the top two teams um, in the pool. So hopefully they're not – hopefully they're dropping points so that, you know, but it's tight. Worst case scenario is that we miss out on the World Cup. Uh, best case is that we automatically qualify in third place. Um, but some, yeah, some big matches we had. We miss out on the World Cup, man. That's I don't know how I'm going to be able to deal with that. Well, we can't. I mean, that's that'll be a massive blow for U.S. soccer to miss out on the World Cup. Um, yeah. But Friday's match, a home match with Costa Rica. A two-no loss. I mean, it just—it wasn't even a contest, really. Um, so that one was discouraging, and we really weren't at the races for 80 minutes against Honduras, and then uh, just kind of a—I wouldn't say lucky, but a great free quick free kick from Kellen Acosta. Goalkeeper saved it, uh, but then a few clever passes, a clever flick from Jordan Morris and Bobby Wood, who had just come on as a sub, uh, put it in the back of the net. So. Uh, for those of you that follow CONCACAF and the U.S., road points are massive uh, in CONCACAF. I mean, 1-1 is not a bad result in Honduras. The, at the kickoff, it was like 100 degrees. The field was not level at all, not good grass. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's... Match. Tune in Friday, October 6th. I mean, that's... Uh, Probably the biggest match in U.S. history in a long time. Yeah, so tune in because we'll get tickets and we will make it on TV somehow. Somehow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we for sure need to try to get tickets to that. That'd be sick. Yes. Blog. Um, yes, that's a great idea. <clears throat> so I think that might be it, man. I think that is. Kind of going over. That's our. What's that? Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes, yeah, so we I want to try to get uh, some people involved uh, with it. I want, uh, like we said, we've given out um, our email is academyfcpodcast at gmail. So email us uh, really questions, anything really. We'll, we can bring up questions on the pod, um, anything like that. Uh, visit our website, which is academyfootballclub.com. Um, that has, like, all of our predictions that we're doing. Um, our fantasy stuff, um, everything on there. Uh, we have football at Academy um, Football Club. And then on Twitter, we are the underscore Academy uh, FC. So follow us on there. We usually try to keep Twitter pretty posted about our episodes and whatnot. Um, but other than that, I think we – Brady, anything else? Nothing for my Stay right. safe for everybody that's in Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah, stay alive, because I really want to go to this USA-Panama match. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason. (laughs) But, all right, we will be back next week after the uh, Match Day 4 Premier League results. We'll see you guys later.